Hello, and welcome to the Divorced Dadvocate, Divorce Support for Dads, where we help dads create a healthy and less traumatic divorce. My name is Jude Sandoval, and I'm your host. I created this podcast in the Divorce Advocate community as a result of my own high-conflict divorce, and because you as a dad deserve all the resources necessary to thrive through this challenging time. I encourage you to check out our website at thedivorcedadvocate.com, where there are resources that correspond to this episode, as well as free access to our membership community, where you will find live meetings, free workshops and courses, private discussion groups, and more. And now on to this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Divorced Dadvocates, where we help dads create a healthy and less traumatic divorce. My name is Jude Sandoval, and I am your host. Um, I am so excited today to talk about a topic that uh, that I know I get a lot of feedback from, and uh, that is betrayal. And I've got probably the preeminent person on, on betrayal in the entire world today. But before I introduce her, I just wanted to give a brief show note, and that is head to the divorcedadvocate.com. The divorce quiz is still up on the website. It is a fantastic tool to help you gauge where you're at mentally and emotionally in your divorce compared to others who have gone through it. And if you do that, we can spend a brief uh, brief time together reviewing those results and uh, see where we might be able to help you out. So check that out at the divorcedadvocate.com and click on the divorce quiz tab. So my, my guest today, she is the founder of the Post Betrayal Transformation Institute and is a holistic psychologist, a health mindset, and personal development expert, the author of the number one best-selling book, The Unshakable Woman, Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis, and her newest book, Trust Again, Overcoming Betrayal and Regaining Health, Confidence, and Happiness. Her recent PhD study on how we experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that I'm unbelievably excited to talk about today that changes how long it takes to heal. In addition to being on Fox, CBS, The Dr. Odd Show, TEDx twice and more, she's an award-winning speaker, coach, and author dedicated to helping people move past their, their betrayals, as well as any other blocks preventing them from the health, work, relationships, confidence, and happiness they want most. Please help me in welcoming Dr. Debbie Silber. Debbie, welcome. Thank you so much. Looking forward to our conversation. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, that's betrayal is something oftentimes that comes up in in divorce. And I think we'll agree that it's probably not something that's uh, um, uh, it's probably a symptom of something that's much deeper. And we'll probably get into that. But before we before we do, we we really talk about specifics, share a little bit with the Mm -hmm. audience about what got you into a little bit about yourself, but also what got you into studying be, betrayal? Like, cause like, 
who wants to be more that's, immersed in betrayal, right? Exactly. There's not a person I, I can imagine that says, you know, I think I want to study betrayal. What an interesting topic. No, you yeah. said it because you have to. It's actually my 30th year in business. And I started wow. in health and then mindset and personal development. And then I had a really painful betrayal from my family. Thought I did everything I needed to do to heal from that. A few years later, it happened again. This time it was my husband. So I got him out of the house and I, I looked at the two experiences and I thought, well, what, what's similar to these two? Of course, me. Uh, but what is similar? And I realized I never had, uh, I never really took my own needs seriously. Boundaries mm -hmm. were always being crossed. I never was even on my own to-do list, you know? So I decided something drastic had to happen. So here I was, four kids, six dogs, a thriving business, 50 years old. And I'm like, I'm going back for a PhD. I didn't have a clue how I was going to pay for it, how I was going to manage it. But I knew this was, this was a, a really important step to take. And it was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human wow. potential, because I was changing so much. I didn't quite understand it. He was too on his own, wasn't ready to look at that yet. Uh, and then it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my work, my family, my life. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's amazing. So let me clarify. You said, so you sent him away, which means you guys, like you separated. Absolutely. Because he, and this is what I found. We're so afraid of the complete and utter death and destruction of the old, but that's what betrayal creates. But it's only with that crash and burn, can we rebirth something new? You know, I did, you mentioned, I did two TEDx talks and the second one, do you have post-betrayal syndrome? I talk about betrayal and, and this unique type of trauma, and it is a unique type. And that was one of the discoveries. And I use this analogy of a house and I explain the difference between resilience and transformation. Resilience is like restoring, bringing back, and you, you need that for your everyday. Transfer, trauma and transformation is a whole different thing. And that's what betrayal creates. So using the analogy of a house, it's like this. Let's say your house needs a, a new boiler and you get a boiler. That would be resilience. You're restoring it. You're bringing it back. Let's say it needs a roof. You get a roof. That would be resilience, right? Here's trauma and transformation. A tornado comes by and levels the house. Right. A new boiler's not fixing it. A new roof's not fixing it. You know, both aren't fixing it. But here's the thing. You have every right to stand there at the lot where your house once stood and mourn the loss of your house for the remainder of your days. And you can call everybody you know over and say, isn't this the worst thing that's ever happened? And everyone would agree. And you have right. every right to really kick, scream, cry, whatever you want to do. However, right. should you choose to rebuild your house, there's nothing there. Why build the same one? Why not give it everything the old house didn't have? You see, right. that's the opportunity in betrayal. Mm. And I know some of your audience is like opportunity. She's full blown crazy. No, it's really true because you <laughs> have this opportunity to, at the very least, create this entirely new version of you that right. never would have shown up had that not happened. 
And rebuilding is always a choice, whether you rebuild yourself and move on. And that's what I did with my family. It wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something entirely new, like an entirely new house with that person who hurt you. That's what I did with my husband. So not long ago, uh, as two completely transformed people, we married each other again. New rings, new vows, new dress, and our four kids is our bridal party. Wow, that's fantastic. So the audience doesn't think you're crazy because they hear me say all of the time <laughs> that their divorce is an opportunity. They might think that I'm crazy and you're crazy, but at least you're supporting now and, and you're much smarter than I am. And so maybe they'll, if they haven't been listening to me, hopefully they'll listen to you. But um, let's, let's, let's talk then about some of the symptoms of betrayal, kind of what happens. And then yeah. let's get into those three groundbreaking you know, things that you've, you've discovered. Yeah, sure. So the symptoms were part of one of the discoveries, but the first one, the first discovery was, you know, I had been through, originally I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth. And for those who aren't familiar, post-traumatic growth is like, if you imagine an upside of trauma, how any trauma, death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, whatever, leaves you with a new insight, awareness, perspective you didn't have right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe you lose someone you love and you realize life is short, something like that. But I had been through death of a loved one. I'd actually been through disease too. And it, betrayal felt so different for me, but I didn't want to assume. So I asked all my study participants and I said, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different for you? Unanimously, every single one said, oh my gosh, it's so different. Here's why. Because it feels so intentional. We take it so personally. So the entire self is shattered and has mm -hmm. to be rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust, they're shattered, right? And so to rebuild, uh, so it didn't quite qualify as post-traumatic growth. It's like, yeah, it is post-traumatic growth, but you're also rebuilding the self. So I coined a new term, which is post-betrayal transformation. That's the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal. Okay. So that's incredibly important. I find for men, particularly when they're going through divorce, because this mm -hmm. identity really gets turned upside down at the, to put it nicely yeah. and, and oftentimes completely destroyed and, mm -hmm. and, and just confused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And that's why um, it is such a different experience. We have a lot of a lot of divorced men in, coming into the PBT Institute. And, mm -hmm. and, and I'm finding that as well. It, it's and this is with men and with women, it completely upends your life because it, it's it's the shattering of so many things of yourself of your worldview of your expectations. So even if the divorce had nothing to do with a betrayal, it really is. It's like a betrayal of expectations. You know, mm -hmm. you thought happily ever after, here we go. And so it's in right. that change and that redefining of who you are and who you want to become now. It, right. it is such an, so I love that you're sharing with your community, the opportunity, because it absolutely is. You know, I see people so healthy, so healed, so whole, so confident and strong showing up once they've done the work because of what they've been through. You know, right. that door closed, a new one opened that never would have shown up had they not experienced that. Right. And let's let's talk a little bit about that work, because one of the things that that I get oftentimes is um, 
and, and this was my personal experience too, is, is really wanting to know why, right? Mm-hmm. That, that lead, needing to know why, which oftentimes we never get that answer to. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing, you know, it's, it, it's a really challenging question because how can you possibly understand why mm-hmm. someone breaks that spoken or unspoken rule? Right. Especially like I live so simply, my rule of life is if it's going to hurt someone, don't do it. Period. End of story. And and I assume other people live that same way. And I'm always shocked and amazed that that's not the case. Right. So how do you really understand the motivation behind what someone you know, does it's, you know, it's almost impossible. What I, what I can tell you for sure is betrayal will show you who someone truly is or who they temporarily became. Mm -hmm. So as shocking and eye-opening as it can be for the betrayed, it can be as big of a wake-up call for the betrayer. Oh, okay. Now that's, that's really, really interesting because while we're in our hurt and in our pain, mm-hmm. we're not necessarily thinking about what they're going through and what they're doing. And we shouldn't be because here's the opportunity. This is the opportunity to completely take a look at who mm-hmm. we are, who we want to become. And one of the biggest downfalls I see with so many people is the only intention is that they stay together, but it is such a perfect opportunity to grow. And here's what, you know, I'm going to give you like a little, you'll never forget this. Ready? If everybody can see my hands here, I will show you something. (laughs) And I'll describe, and we'll describe also for those listening. For those. Okay. So we're start when we're in relationship, we're here, right? We're just both, we're at this, whatever, let's say low level. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's a betrayal and a complete and total crash and burn of the relationship. Right. We're so lonely. Our hearts are, are so broken. All we want to do is reconnect with that person or someone else right away. Right. And the problem is we're not healed. So we're bringing not our best selves to this relationship or a new one. Mm. This is the opportunity to grow physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Now, if we're so bent and intent on staying with this person and then we grow, you know what we wind up doing? And this is what my first TEDx was about. Stop sabotaging yourself. All we do is we keep sabotaging ourselves so that we don't outgrow that person, but we oh. like it up here. Mm-hmm. So what happens is then we want to be here and we're like, well, why can't they do this? Well, they're not ready. Right. So what happens is if we, if we are so intent on making this work and we do our work very often, we get this right mm-hmm. where they're sure. like, what happened to you? And we're like, Ooh, we're not the least bit interested in you. So the idea is when you're, healing, your only job is to do this. Now we have no idea if on their own, that other person says, I better rise to meet the strength of this person, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe they can't, or maybe they're unwilling. Either way, our job is here so that whether it's this person or someone else, this shows up. That makes sense? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, and and I describe that as, as staying in your own lane. Right. Mm-hmm. Focusing on your lane in what you need to be doing in order to take care of yourself. Like you said, do the do the healing, take care of whatever, do the growing. It's a it's a it's a growing period. Right. Like you're 100%. you're transforming. Well, there's your there's that word, right? Your word that you use, you're transforming into something, somebody who is different and whether or not that person is going to you know, come along or not come along. You can't really control. 
No, and you, you actually, betrayal lends itself to creating an entirely new identity. You bring the parts you love and you mm-hmm. leave behind everything that no longer serves. And you get to create that. Like, for example, um, I was so, I'm such a driver, you know, and so I'm so hard on myself all the time. And I, I get lost wherever I go. It's just what goes on. So I allow extra time because I know it's going to happen. I just <laughs> happen to get lost all the time. Anyway, I used to always get angry at myself. Oh, that's so stupid. Why'd you do that? You know, all these things berate myself. And then I realized post betrayal, I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like being so hard on myself anymore. I just Mm -hmm. don't want to do that. So from now on, when I get lost or do something that the old version of me would have criticized and said all these nasty things, now I'm simply adorable. (laughs) So (laughs) when I do these things, I'm just adorable. (laughs) So for example, I just flew in uh, Saturday night. uh, I'm bi-coastal and my husband picks me up at the airport. And I happen to mistakenly book a driver to pick me up as well. So I land my husband's like, okay, I'm outside waiting. And I get a text from the driver. Let me know when you're walking outside. And I'm like, oh Oops. no. So I tell my husband and he's like, you're adorable. <laughs> you know, what... Yo, so now he's telling you you're adorable. Too. Everybody, oh, the whole family has to go along with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Well, so, and I, okay. So I, I find that fascinating. Um, if you could share a little bit about, cause you, you alluded to, you know, I'm was doing my thing and he was just off. Yeah. Like clueless, not like in his own thing. So what, uh, so a couple of things, share one, a little bit about your story and then how you guys ended up kind of getting maybe to that level, or at least to a, a place where you were comfortable being together again, because I think a lot of people listening would, would like to try to figure out a way to mm-hmm. save the marriage. And I, and ideally in our community, that's what we want to do. If there's an mm-hmm. opportunity, nobody wants to get divorced. Nobody wants to go through the divorce. If there's an opportunity and betrayal makes it unbelievably difficult. What was that process for you? Yeah. Or what is that process in general when you know that the other person just is totally clueless? Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. And, and this is really about, um, and I want to get to the other discoveries because one of them truly is how we get through the experience. And the stages that we will go through as we get through the experience. But to answer your question, my intention was just to heal. And, and, and I write all about it in trust again, my, my personal story, my study participant stories. And it wasn't, that wasn't on my radar. It was no, it's my clients, my kids crash clients, kids crash. Like that's, that's all I could manage in the beginning. And in that healing, I started to see things clearly. Now, one of the reasons why I probably healed as quickly as I did was here, I was doing the study on it. I was learning things and implementing Mm. them for myself. Now on his own, uh, he was the one who told my kids. So I think if anything is going to have you wake up and fall from grace, you know, it's realizing you just lost everything that matters. Wow. And to have your four kids look at you like you just did, you did what to mom, you know, and I think on his end, that was the wake up call that he mm-hmm. needed. And then from there, you know, it was, um, again, my intention was, was just to grow I, and, and just to make sure the kids were okay. And I'll never forget though. He, he said, what do I, I it was, I mean, the huge regret, remorse, uh, apology, everything. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was what, like, what the heck did I do? And what can I do? 
And I said, listen, of course, you know, we have the kids in common, but just so you know, I happen to be very spiritual. And that was something that, you know, he, he just made fun of or whatever is tell me what to read. Tell me what to do. Just give me a, give me something. And, and I gave him a few suggestions and then he would like, Mm -hmm text me, you know, things that he read and what it did for him and how it changed him and what he was learning. And he took to it and he's an extreme personality. So as much as he became that version that like, I didn't even know who he was, he became another version uh, of someone who all of a sudden he's, he's handing out, you know, Wayne Dyer uh, DVDs to (laughs) all of his guys in his office. And he's training to, to, to work at hospice and sit with people. And he's going to New York city and sitting with the homeless, telling them they matter. Like what happened to, who is this? You know, but it, um, it, it was so, and he just took to it and ran and ran with it and saw himself, so clearly. Mm. And, you know, the biggest thing with betrayal is the, for the betrayer is that shame, you know, of course yeah. there's so much more, but that's huge. So how do you heal shame? You bring light and honor to it. Mm-hmm. So he called all my friends and apologized. He was doing the work with all of the kids to make wow. it right. And, and really took it seriously. I mean, got rid of the fancy car and the clothes and who he had become, you know, yeah. And, um, and it was this evolution and, and that's what was going on in his world, where in mine, I was simply doing the work to heal. And that's where the biggest growth happens because my growth was totally up to me. His growth was totally up to him. Uh, I wasn't even considering anything, you know, uh, anything about reconciling. Right. So that, so that brings up an interesting, um, that brings up an interesting point in that, um, so this was a wake up call for him also. Mm-hmm. So this, yeah. this became an opportunity. Uh, if you, if you can take it and we talk about this also to, um, to have the mindset of what is this telling me about a relationship myself, et cetera, as opposed to looking at it externally, like, why is this happening to me? Well, you know, and here's, here's something. And, and for those of you listening, watching who have been betrayed, if you have to say this to yourself a hundred million times, it's worth it. And it's, even though it happened to you, it's not about you. It's not, right. this is someone's lack, someone's hole, someone's void that, and someone's, or someone's past trauma. I mean, there are so many reasons why people do this. Um, it's not about you. You're the unlikely recipient of their behavior, but it's not about you. And that is one of the hardest things to understand because right. it, it, we do take it so personally. Um, but yeah, that is truly the experience. Yeah. And for those listening who have done this, right. I have clients and there's many men that, that, that are in the community that have betrayed yeah. somebody. What do you what, you know, what do you say to them too? Like, well, I, I, I say, I want to acknowledge um, that this, this is, uh, it can be your biggest uh, wake up call and opportunity. And yeah. this can turn you into the man you're meant to be. Yeah. If you use it in that way. And, you know, you write the wrong however you can. And the shame you feel, if you're feeling the shame, if the, the shame you're feeling is not serving anyone. And shame is one of the most physically destructive emotions we have. So instead of feeling that shame, if you do something to right that wrong, however mm-hmm. you can, at least then you're sort of paying it forward. You're making sure the next generation or people in your world don't do the same thing and cause the same pain and wreak that same havoc. 
then yeah. it's trauma well served. Right. Definitely. And, 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 and the shame goes to feeling like you're a bad person and people make bad decisions. People oftentimes aren't bad people, even if they've done something like this, they just mm -hmm. have. So if you can change your behavior, like you just said, if you can do stuff to change the show that then that's going to help you know and understand that you're not bad so, and get rid of that shame and also try to, to, remedy the situation. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you try to remedy it with remedy it with no expectation of yeah. what you'll get. You're right. doing this to write your own uh, experience and to transform. And to, yeah. That's really what this is. And that's why when the betrayer is doing that on their end and when the betrayed is rebuilding their heart and their life and their body and their health and their mind and all of that on their end, it, it really does create that opportunity to heal yeah. and, and transform and create something entirely new. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the other findings. Yeah. So the, the second one was that there's actually this collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's known as post-betrayal syndrome. Oh, okay. And we've had probably about 35,000 people uh, on our site, take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz to see to what extent they're struggling. And a few things about that quiz. One is there's a question that reads, is there anything else you'd like to share? And we've all heard time heals all wounds. I have the proof when it comes to betrayal, that's simply not true. Yeah, right. Because people write things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago, I'm unwilling to trust. My betrayal happened 15 years ago, feels like it happened yesterday. So we know betrayal is a very different experience. You know, the other thing is there are physical, mental, and emotional symptoms that, that people just assume, oh, well, it's just stress. It's just aging. No, it's not. It's your betrayal. It's your unhealed betrayal. And it could be from decades ago. Wow. And what so are I those? have stats. I pull them every few months. I'm happy to share some if that would Yeah, help. yeah, please. What are some of those symptoms? So now imagine I have men and women, every age group, just about every country represented. So, so that was going to be my next question. So is this across the board or is it the board. specific to, to genders? Oh, no, across the board. Okay. Um, so, okay. So these are just some of the, the stats. 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. That's exhausting. 94% mm, mm -hmm. deal with painful triggers. And those triggers can take you right down. The most common physical symptoms, 71% have low energy, 68% have sleep issues, 63% have extreme fatigue. So you could sleep a whole night, wake up, you're exhausted. Those are your adrenals that have crashed. 47% have weight changes. So that could be maybe you can't hold food down in the beginning. Later on, you're using food for comfort. 45% mm. have digestive issues. That's anything from Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, constipation, diarrhea, you name it. Uh, the most common mental symptoms, 78% are overwhelmed, 70% walking around in a state of disbelief, 68% are unable to focus, 64% are in shock, and 62% are unable to concentrate. So imagine, you can't concentrate, you have a gut issue, you're exhausted, and you're trying to work <laughs> and manage your kids and everything else. That's not yeah. even the emotional ones. Emotionally, 88% have extreme sadness, 83% are angry. Bouncing back and forth between sadness and anger can be debilitating and exhausting. 82% feel hurt, 80% have anxiety, 79% are stressed. Here's why I wrote the book, Trust Again, ready? 84% have an inability to trust. 
That's like living half a life if you don't build that back. 67% are preventing themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Wow. That's pretty staggering, huh? Yeah. So you can, you can only imagine how that just paralyzes your life. Absolutely. And, and it shows up in health and work and relationships. Like for example, in, in relationships, I'll see it in one of two ways. I'll see it in repeat betrayals. If you have a repeat betrayal, that's an unhealed betrayal. You mm. keep getting opportunities in the form of people to teach yeah. you something, right? Until and unless right. you do, they will keep showing up. So people say to me all the time, what the heck? I keep going from partner to partner to partner, friend to friend to friend, boss to boss to boss. The face has changed, but it's the same thing. Is it me? Yes, it is. Yes, not exactly. That, not that it's your fault <laughs> in that it's your opportunity. We see it as uh, in relationships. The other way is the big wall goes up. You're like, nope, been there, done that. Not letting anybody close to me again. We think it's coming from a place of strength. It's not. It's coming from fear. Yes, We absolutely. were so brokenhearted. We're like, uh-uh, I can't take a chance on letting that happen again. Right. And you mentioned, you mentioned it real early when you were describing um, your experience, which was, oh, I'm the common denominator. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's my fault. Right. Exactly. There is a beautiful opportunity here. This Mm -hmm. version of me isn't attracting betrayals because first of all, you know, my BS meter is so sharpened and strong now as Mm -hmm. you move through the the stages, which is the next thing that I'll share. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's no need to repeat those experiences. The lesson's been learned. Yeah. Me joining that PhD program was the first and biggest thing uh, I had ever done for myself. Wow. And, and, you know, there's that saying, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Right. Right. So that was a huge change, which not only changed me, my family, it's, you know, changing thousands of people because of it. Which goes back again to the mindset. If something's happening uh, in your life, if you can utilize that as the, with a mindset, and this is really, so it's so much easier to say, that it is to do. But if you can use the mindset of what is this supposed to be helping me to to see or understand or learn or transform, as opposed to why is this, you know, why is this happening to me, it can be absolutely huge, particularly during divorce. So maybe you, there is no reconciliation. But if you use that mindset, don't go out looking for just another partner, because exactly what you described is, guess what? you're going to find the same one. And I like, like I can speak from experience. I went out, there could be a hundred women in a room and I will find the one that is going to perpetuate that unhealthy dynamic in my life. And let me tell you, I did. (laughs) And not just once, but more than one time until I had the realization that you that you, you stated, which is, Oh, well, the common denominator is me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing. It it really is this opportunity if we if we see it that way, we will not see it that way early on. And that's why even uh in the five stages and like I said that's that's what I'll share next. Uh-huh. It's very strategic when we do a certain activity that actually has you seeing the benefit of your experience. Now, mm-hmm. if I were to say that early on, someone is like lady, you're crazy benefit. I mean, they're furious, right? But, but when you're going through a certain amount of healing, then all of a sudden you're willing to consider it. 
You know, you may not want to thank your betrayer just yet, but you're still willing to see the benefit of it. So it all goes um, along a certain timeline and in a certain order. And then it's really, really profound and effective. Right. So this might be part of the stages, but what, um, what advice can you give to get out of that victim mode initially? That that's actually, um, that is so common to the most common stage we get stuck in, which is stage three. And as I go through them, you will see exactly why. And it's interesting when you were reading, uh, reading about me, I realized, oh my gosh, uh, trust again only came out last year, but my newest book, uh, from hardened to healed is actually coming out on October 5th. And it is specifically for stage three, because I notice that once you get into stage three, I can even say the majority of people stay there. Transformation doesn't even begin until stages four and five. So we are so short changing ourselves. And the beauty is once you know the stages, uh, you know, it's, it's totally predictable. You know what stage you're in, you know what you have to do to move to the next, the next, the next. Well, let's talk about them then. Sure. So um, they're all in trust again. It's what we teach within the Institute. It's what all of our certified coaches are certified in the five stages, but I'm going to share with you here. So Uh, stage one is like before it happens. And if you imagine sort of a setup stage here, if you imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, Mm -hmm. what I saw with everybody was a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental, right? The thinking and Mm -hmm. uh, thinking and doing, and not really, and, and really neglecting uh, the feeling and being right. Yes. Yes. So that's not to say if you're busy, you will be betrayed, but it's just a typical profile we saw. So if you only have two legs of a table, easy for that table to topple over, right? Yep. Stage two, by far the scariest of all of the stages. And this is shock, uh, trauma, D-Day, Discovery Day. Mm -hmm. And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. So right, this is like where that person takes a mask off and reveals who they've been. And uh, so there's a breakdown of the body. You have just ignited the stress response. Now you're headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your Mm -hmm. mind is in a complete and total state of chaos and overwhelm. You can't wrap your mind around what you just learned. This makes no sense. And your worldview has just been shattered. Your worldview is your mental model, the rules that prevent chaos and govern you. Don't go there. Trust this person. This is okay. Don't do that, right? And in a moment, Every rule you've ever known to be real and true is no longer. The bottom is bottomed out and a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. So it's terrifying. But Mm -hmm. think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You grab hold of anything and everything you could to stay safe and stay alive. That stage survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't Mm. help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this experience? Who can I trust? Where do I go? How how do I feed my kids, right? Mm -hmm. It's the most practical. Here's the trap. Once you've figured out how to survive, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from, Mm. you think it's good. Yeah. You have no idea there's a stage four and stage five. So you sort of reason with yourself, okay, you know, we, we got this. Let's let's figure this out. And you start planting roots. You're not supposed to, but you don't know that. And then four things happen. The first thing is you start getting these small self-benefits from being there. You get that victim story. You mm-hmm. get to be right. You get someone to blame. You get a target for your anger. You get sympathy from everybody you tell your story to. Yeah. 
right? You don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Should I trust you? Can I trust you? I forget I'm not trusting anybody. So you plant deeper roots here. Again, transformation doesn't even begin till stage four. The next thing that happens is because you're here longer than you should be, now your mind starts doing things like, well, maybe you deserved it. Maybe you're Mm. not all that. Maybe this, maybe that. So you plant deeper roots. Now, because these are the thoughts you're thinking, like energy attracts like energy. So now you're right. calling situations and circumstances and people towards you to confirm, yep, this is where you belong. By the way, the misery loves company crowd, they come along now too. Right, Deep right. <laughs> it gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels so bad, but you have no idea there's anything further, right here is where you resign yourself. You're like, this stinks, but I guess this is it. So I better find a way to d- make this work. So right here is where you start using food, drugs, alcohol, mm. Work, TV, keeping busy, reckless behavior, anything to numb and avoid and distract yourself from what's so painful to feel or face. So think about what happens. You do that for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see someone 20 years out and say, that emotional eating you're doing or that drinking you're doing or that numbing in front of the TV you're doing, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy. That's 20 years ago. Do you see? All they did was put themselves in stage three and stay there. That makes sense? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. and then it becomes a, a a feedback loop where you're going to experience again, and then you're going to go through one, two, and three again. That's <laughs> and why. Then maybe, and then maybe add another thing onto that and then do it again and then do it like until you can figure out how to get out of it. That's the whole thing. And that's why most people stop and get yeah. stuck in that stage three. And that's why from hardened to healed, I'm coming for the stage threeers because I see that's where they land and that's where they stay. Right. So, and, and, and they have no idea because their experience could have happened. I'm not kidding. Decades ago. Yes. Anyway, if yes. you're willing to let go of the small self benefits and all you're getting from it, you can move to stage four. You grieve more than the last bunch of things you need to do. You move to stage four. Stage- well, can we talk briefly yeah. about how, can you get out of that? Because our society is designed to keep us in that stage from the oh, minute yeah. we wake up in the morning to the to the time our head hits the pillow at night, mm-hmm. we can find a distraction or a numbing agent or something else to Definitely. be able to not have to do that. How can we, when we get it, what is maybe just a few um, red flags that we're doing that and in, 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 uh, a, a way in which to, to get out of that. Yeah. You know, I, I have these questions that, that I ask um, uh, members of our community and, and I'm happy to share them. And this, this will totally let you know if you're stuck. We actually have a, a, a new quiz that is designed to let you know, but I'll share that another time. So these are four questions and I invite everybody to write these down. That's my way of saying, write these down. Yes. Ready? The first, <laughs> Grab a the pen, first, please. The first one is, am I numbing, avoiding, distracting? If so, how? Call yourself on it. Do you walk into the kitchen? You're not the least bit hungry. You raid the cabinets, right? Call yourself on it. Do you walk into a room? You put the TV on just to drown out the sound of your own thoughts. Uh, what are you doing? Be honest. The second question, what am I pretending not to see? Right? What am I pretending not to see there's trouble in my relationship? Am I pretending not to see that health issue that needs my attention? Am I pretending not to see I hate my job? What am I pretending not to see? Be honest. Third question What's life going to look like in five to 10 years if I keep this going? Wow. We don't want to play that out. Play it all the way out. Exactly what you're doing. 
take that out into the future, five to 10 years. And what does it look like doing exactly what you're doing? Right. Yeah. The fourth question, what can life look like if I change now? I'm not saying it's easy. Transformation begins when you tell yourself the truth. Yeah. Those are some tough questions to ask yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no, it makes no sense to not be honest with yourself because your best version of you is waiting. Right. And and doesn't have an opportunity to show up when you're playing small. Yep, absolutely. And you've been through the worst of it already. So you owe it to yourself to do something good with something bad. Right. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. And get out of that fear. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go through the rest of the stages. Yeah. 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 Four and five, please. Yeah. Well, I just, it was just so so important because it's so easy and that's where we get stuck. I know that's where I was stuck, right? That three is like, man, it's just, you know, it's the devil that I know. (laughs) <laughs> it's hundred percent. I mean, that's why I realized I said, wow, you know what, even though trust again, walks you through all of the stages from hardened to healed is for those people who don't even know they're stuck. Yeah. So it's sort of like I'm selling to an audience who doesn't even know they they have a problem, but, but it's really true. If you're not maxed out with your level of joy and success and abundance and love and everything, you're stuck. Yeah. You're stuck. Yeah. So that book is for them. Anyway, cool. so if you, uh, you, you know, you let go of the ben- the small self benefits, grieve more than the last bunch of things you need to do, you move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo my experience, but I can control what I do with it. And I always use the example of if you were to move into a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, your stuff's not all there. It's not quite cozy yet, but it's going to be okay. And when, you, when you're in that sort of mental place, you turn down the stress response. So you're not healing just yet, but at least you stop the massive damage you were causing mm-hmm. in stage two and stage three. What I found so interesting to stage four is also this. If you were to move, you don't take everything with you. You don't take the things that don't represent the version of you you want to be in your new space. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you, right here is where you don't take them with you. You've just outgrown them. So people say to me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. (laughs) (laughs) And if they don't rise, they don't come. They just don't come along. When you're in this place, you're mentally making it home. You know, you move into the fifth most beautiful stage and this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview the body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. You were surviving. Now you do. Your mind starts to heal. You're making new rules, new boundaries based on your experience. And you have a new worldview based on the road you just traveled and what you see so clearly now. And the four legs of the table in the beginning, it was just all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Wow. That's yeah. That's fantastic. So you've come, you've come full circle then. And, and, and I love your, um, the analogy, the, the four, the, the four, uh, stool, the, the four legs of the stool, the mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, because we talk about that all of the time in, in the show. And, and so I want to take the, I, so I want to, I want to like wrap this up in saying that. So really when we're going through this challenging time in divorce, mm-hmm. that it is exposing 
those, right? It's exposing one of those things missing. And if one of those things is missing in the relationship or and even in your relationship with yourself, mm -hmm. then that's when things are going to teeter. And if it, maybe it's one and it's teetering, but if it's two, it's probably going to fall. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the, you know, that's the red flag that you're talking about, or that's the sign of, okay, what am I lying to myself about? And I yeah. love that you say that too, asking those hard questions. Just you got you got to ask that question, and and if you have good friends, ask them to ask you the hard questions. That's it. That's it. And here's the thing: it's like I didn't do anything anybody else couldn't do. I mean, I just remember moving through the experience and moving through that program, saying, you know, if I can heal from this, I'm taking everybody with me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was just that was just it. But it's just now that people know the stages, um, there's a predictable roadmap. Yeah. And for men, that is such a huge thing, right? Because mm -hmm. we're linear. We want to have a, you know, we want to know the direction. We want to, well, I was going to say, especially for men, you don't have to ask for directions. <laughs> right, right? Exactly. We have them. <laughs> no, Hey, we go, th we go through this and this is part of our, you know, part of my structure with our community. It's mm -hmm. we go through things in a different process and in a different way than, than women do. And that's, uh, that's not good or it's not bad. It's just how it is. Mm -hmm. And so having the steps, and that's why I love that you have, you know, like this is a transformation process. You have yes. steps. When we, yeah. when we're, when I'm trying to teach, I'm trying to teach steps. That's beautiful because now we know. Okay, here's one. Here's two. Predictable research based. I mean, so this way you just have to truly say where, which stage am I in, and this is what I have to do to move to the next one, the next one, the next one. Right. That's that's amazing. So, how can those listening? get a hold of you, get in contact with you, learn more about uh, about everything that you're offering. Oh, thank you. So I think the first step, really take the quiz to see to what extent you're struggling. And you could find that at the PBT, as in post-betrayal transformation, thepbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. Also, uh, if trust again would serve, and here's the thing, I wrote it also because at a time where we need support the most, we're the least likely to seek it. So this way you have a book in your hands or the Audible or Kindle, I did the Audible version of it. Uh, you could you could get um, that, but get it from this link because then you get all kinds of bonuses too. And you could find that at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash trust again. Yeah, that's huge. I know that would have been incredibly helpful for me early on to just figure that out to be able Me to do. That's that. why I wrote it. <laughs> that, 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 that hurdle. And I love quizzes. So yeah, go check out the quiz because that you know, helps you gauge then, right? Where, where you're at and, and, and what you're doing. So Dr. Debbie Silver, thank you so much for all of these pearls of wisdom. Everybody who's listening, please go check out all of those resources. I think you're going to get like a rush of people because I'm going to go off I'm going to go and check it out after I'm done too, because oh, <laughs> I'm, so I'm interested in, you know, some of the stuff that you described. I still do some of those stuff. So some of that stuff. So I got to, you know, it's a sign, right? And this is just a reminder for me. I learned as much uh, talking about this stuff and trying to be self-aware. And then anybody who's listening, please, um, if you found some value, like us, subscribe to us, leave a comment, uh, share it. Most importantly, share it with somebody else because the more people we get the, this information out to, the more people we can help. Debbie, thanks so much. It was such Thank a pleasure. You. Thank you.
To hear the rest of this episode and access the corresponding resources, visit thedivorcedadvocate.com and become a member of our community. It's free to join and will provide you with the resources you deserve as a divorced or divorcing dad. Thank you for listening. God bless, and I'll talk with you next week.